All right, Bears fans, are you looking for the ultimate stocking stuffers this holiday season? Look no further because our sponsors, Manscaped, have the tools to make you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped is the only brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and hygiene products. And great news, they just released their products across Europe, Canada, and Australia. I bought my buddy's Manscaped products for an early Secret Santa this year. Not only do they love the products, but it got by far the most laughs. A few of their products that are prime stocking stuffers this season are the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Ball Toner, Crop Cleanser Body Wash, a full body wash that you can also use on your hair, Crop Mop Ball Wipes, because you never know when an opportunity strikes, so you should always be prepared, Foot Duster Foot Deodorant, the Shears 2.0, a luxury four-piece nail kit, the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer, which provides proprietary skin-safe technology to get rid of those nasty nose hairs, and let's not forget about the Lawn Mower 3.0 Trimmer, which offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin-safe technology, which helps reduce grooming accidents. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free, so you know their products are legit. Get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with code SHY. That's code SHY, C-H-I. Whether this is for your partner, dad, brother, friend, get them something that they will actually use and it's almost sure to get a laugh. Again, that's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with code SHY. Now back to Bears Nation Podcast. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on. Welcome back, Bears fans. Another edition of Bears Nation podcast. And boys, Kevin Lapka, Chris Nano joining me as always. Boys, the long-time national nightmare that we have been trapped in for the last over a month, month and a half, is finally over. As the Chicago Bears get back into the win column after what has been a long and tumultuous couple weeks. They throttle the Houston Texans 36-7 on the back of a outstanding, if I do say so myself, performance by David Montgomery. No, I'm kidding. Uh, by Mitchell Trubisky, of course, who went 24 for 33, 267 yards through the air, three touchdowns, no interceptions, a quarterback rating well over 100. Uh, his last three weeks have been nothing short of spectacular in the stats department, at least. And finally, it got the Bears a win over a Deshaun Watson-led team that was admittedly missing a lot of their weapons, uh, a lot of their key players. So a beat-up Houston team, but we hadn't been – at least I had missed the preview show because I was working, unfortunately. But um, I for sure would have picked the Texans in that game. I thought for sure Deshaun really? Watson – Oh, I thought for sure Deshaun Watson was going to come into this building, come into Soldier Field and with a huge chip on his shoulder and say, screw you guys for passing me up. This is what you're missing. And that didn't happen. Uh, the Bears held Deshaun Watson to a very pedestrian day by his standards. Just one touchdown, uh, 219 yards to the air. He did leave the game for a time uh and it, it looked it looked like an injury at first and it was concerning because Deshaun Watson is one of the more exciting players in the NFL and obviously you don't want to see yeah. him go down for any length of time but 
he's fine. He just, you know, he got pulled. Um, not, I mean, I assume just to protect his health, um, because obviously the Texans aren't going anywhere this year and they'll try it again next year. And you can't really do that if your quarterback tears his ACL or something. So I do agree with the Houston Texans having the courage to do that, but I will turn it over to you guys after this extremely long intro, but I know Kevin, you've got to be jumping for joy over there. Uh, Mitch balled out, got the bears a win. Yeah, I'm jumping for joy. Look, this was his moment, right? I mean, the storyline all week was about there's two guys out there who are better than you, specifically Deshaun Watson. He's better than you. What are you going to do and prove him wrong? Uh, and boy, did he go out there and prove him wrong. I mean, he had one hell of a day. And now I'm going to get into this because I know we're going to reach this at some point. I know there are Bears fans, Chris probably included, who are worried that the Bears won this game. And why are they worried? Well, they don't believe they're going to get their top 10 draft pick. Okay, go cry about that. And then they're saying, oh, you know, now Nagy and Pace are going to stay. I would actually pose the argument that today's game hurt Matt Nagy's chances of being the coach further than they did help him. And this is why. The Bears have scored 24-plus points in five of Mitchell Trubisky's six start this season and fewer than 24 points in each of Foles' seven starts. So that just goes to show you how different this team is when Mitch is at the helm. And then the way he played today, shutting everybody up and, and just doing his thing, I mean, it, it just furthers the point that, you know, the the biggest mistake made by Nagy was pulling him in the first place. Uh, and week after week, we can consistently say that this team would probably be 8-5 and five with Mitch Trubisky, and we got a heck of a lot more evidence of that. Uh, against this Houston Texans team on this Sunday. So, you know, I know there's Bears fans out there who are worried now because they're back in the playoff mix, and we'll dive into that, but they don't want Nagy and Pace to have their job salvaged. That's their worst possible nightmare. But I'm here to tell you that, if anything, this hurts Nagy because his evaluation was wrong from the start. His evaluation was wrong from week three. His evaluation about, um, you know, coward over Mustafer has been wrong. All these other players, I mean, Mustafer has been playing amazing. So slow your roll on that. The Bears are in a good spot right now, and I don't think the hierarchy is going to – I think it's still going to change regardless of the situation. And now we have we have a little bit of hope, and we'll get into that. But, Chris, we got a little bit of hope. I can't believe I'm saying it, but we got a little bit of hope. I mean, look, a win always feels good. Um, I mean, there's – nobody wants to see their team lose. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. Um, but – Look, I, I, I can't believe we are talking about the playoffs right now. I just can't believe it. I, I just, we literally, every Bears Why? fan on the planet, every Bears fan on the planet just got finished talking about how the Bears were so bad during the six-game losing streaks. Six games the Bears lost in a row. No good team loses six games in a row. Now you beat a Texans team who, I mean, Kevin, you, you picked the Bears to win this, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean we, we if, didn't do the predictions, but I, if, yes, I put, put money on the Bears today. I yeah, put money on the Bears today. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I mean, this Texans team is terrible, and and, and that's not. I mean, this yes. win against the Texans is not gonna. It's it's not gonna do it for me. It's I just disagree. Not. So so I, I I get where I, I get I because I have some of the I have concerns. I have concerns okay. about that. I would like to see the team then take care of business uh, against the teams that you have coming up too. And obviously uh, that's the Vikings next at Minnesota after you lost to them at home a couple weeks ago. Um, so I, and the Vikings have been playing decently. They lost today, I believe. Yes. To the Buccaneers. Yeah. They, yeah. They lost to the Bucks yep. today. Um, so they fall to six and seven. Um, but regardless, they've been playing well. Delvin cook is an absolute monster. 
Um, you know, they want that playoff spot just as much as the Bears do. So you're going to have to show that you can make the adjustments that are necessary to beat the Vikings, take that second spot in the division, and then, you know, hope that the Cardinals lose to the Eagles too. And then you're literally standing at a a uh, playoff spot. You're sitting in the playoff spot. My concerns, though, are though that what happens when you have to face the Tigers again? Or not the Tigers. Why did I say the Tigers? That was weird. The Packers. Um, apparently, I have the Detroit Tigers on the brain. You're but, caught up in the Mizzou Tigers who beat stop, your Illinois basketball. No, no, yeah, sorry. That's no, what it not is. doing this. Moving you can't get on, them out of your brain. Moving on. The Vikings come to town. You have to beat them. Then, obviously, you have a lower opponent in the Jaguars who are in the Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence race. So, you'll be able to beat up on them. But the Packers, then, you have them at home this time. Um, and it's a noon game. And... That's going to be everything to you. If you win these next two games, which you should, at least one of them, and you're looking at a playoff spot, I don't want to see, you know, the Bears in a playoff spot and the Packers come to town and we get a Chris Conti moment or we get a moment like what happened a couple weeks ago and you'll fall out of the playoff spot because, once again, you can't beat the Packers. So that's my concern. I get what Chris is saying, but obviously there's also reason to believe that this is a playoff team because even though this losing streak happened, the five and one stretch happened too. And clearly this team is better with Mitchell Trubisky at the helm. 100%. And they're better when they have confidence and when they're rolling. I mean, this is a streaky team, both positively and negatively. Uh, you know, five and one, they're streaky hot. And then you lose six in a row, they're streaky in a bad way too. But when this team gains confidence, then you start to see them beating those better teams in the NFL when they have a game like they did against the Bucks, and then even some uh, the way they played against the Saints, keeping that game close. Like this team is streaky when they get hot and when the defense is feeding off of each other and they're and they're getting going. I mean, they are a hard team to beat. So as Jake mentioned, all that needs to happen next week is the Bears win against the Vikings, the Cardinals lose to the Eagles, which is looking a lot more possible after the Eagles beat the Saints, and they are literally in the playoffs. And here's the deal. once If they do win next week, I mean, what's the narrative now? Tank, go lose out. Like at that point, you know, you're at seven and seven. You better you better be wishing for them to make the playoffs because at that point, the worst you could have is seven and nine, and that's not getting you any different from what nine and seven would get you. So this is – it's all in front of them now. And, and the reason why I'm a little bit more optimistic is because of what I mentioned, because of this confidence. Mitch Trubisky himself is built on confidence. This defense is built on confidence and the confidence they feed off of each other. And the defense had one heck of a day. The offense had one heck of a day. And now I believe that they should be able to build off of that. The defense had seven sacks today. That's more – I'm pretty sure that's more than what they had the past six games if I'm being – if I'm – don't fact-check me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's correct. Seven sacks today, first time since week 11 of 2005. I mean, this was a dominant game. This wasn't just a game where they won by 20. This was a dominant game and, uh, and pretty much – just exactly what the doctor ordered from a confidence standpoint and from a momentum standpoint. And let's say they do win the next four, right? Let's say they do win the next four. All of a sudden, you'd be heading into the playoffs hot, you know, instead of starting eight and four and losing or nine and four and losing your last four, five, um, last, not five, three. You could have been five and seven and won your last four. I mean, there is something to say about getting hot going into the playoffs. And the Bears are in a good position right now to do that with three, two winnable games ahead of them. And then week 17 against the Packers. So Chris, I know, I know you're kind of like, I feel like you are not bought in. Like, I understand that you want to tank, but you're still, I, I feel like you still want to be held back a little bit about all this playoff talk. And I want to know why. It, it, it's just 
like I, guys, I I know this may sound ridiculous, but I I swear to God, I don't want the Bears to make them. I want the Bears to lose these last three games. That's the I most illogical to, thing, though. That's so not, illogical, Chris. It, why not, is it? Why? It's not. It's not. I don't care. I, I I do not care if we if it improves our pick by three or four spots. That's enough for me. That's literally enough for me to want them to lose out. Because if this team gets so to the you can playoff, get what? Kevin, so you can get Kevin, who? Kevin, 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 Kevin. Just hear me out. Just hear me out. Okay. I I understand it's a different quarterback now, but listen. They lost to the Rams, Saints, Titans, Vikings, Packers, and Lions all in a row, okay? And the Rams, Saints, and Titans, and Packers are the best teams we've seen this year. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and I would also agree that they should have beat the Titans and probably maybe the Rams. They didn't, they didn't but, man. They yeah, didn't. It, and that, yeah, but you have to take that with a grain of salt. That's the whole point, Chris. But, but, like, but why, though? Why? Listen, listen, listen. You're telling me I have to take a six-game losing streak with a with a grain of salt, but uh, the, you, you're going crazy against the Texans. We shouldn't take that with a grain of salt. Like, first come of on. all, like, the Texans were favored this. in this game. The Texans were favored in this game. So now come everyone's spin zoning this, saying, "Oh, well, you know, uh, it's just the Texans." The Texans were literally favored, and people were picking the Texans all over the place. So first of all, let's chill on that. But Chris, you you have to take it with a grain of salt. I mean, how can you not? You cannot ignore the fact. I mean, I think we would all agree. And I tweeted this: the Bears would be eight and five with Mitch Trubisky. That's my record prediction. If Mitch Trubisky I mean, had yeah, been a starter, man, but, they'd be but, okay. But so you agree? Just, yeah, but, man. But, then what, but listen, then what are we talking listen, about? No, here? no, no. Listen, listen, listen. These are just hypotheticals. Like if this stuff doesn't matter. This is where we're at. They lost six straight games, and you and and it, we talk about it all the time. You don't just pin it on the quarterback. There were so many other issues with it. So I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like the team isn't yes. playoff caliber, in my opinion. They're gonna. Uh, this is exactly. Listen, if they get to the playoffs and they lose in the first round, do you understand that is like absolute rock bottom? That is absolute I mean, rock I don't bottom. care. And I don't game, care. What do you mean? What do you mean? If Why I if I had play? look, you you so you're you're basically telling everybody you'd rather be 6 and 10 than have your team than be able to watch your team in a playoff game? Are you kidding me, dude? All of this yeah. all of this, yeah. take, this 100%. is so stupid. Listen, I mean, it's listen, so stupid. We, we, listen, 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 listen. Before this season, the literally the whole offseason, they were talking about how Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are not are not uh, getting fired no matter what, right? So you're telling me if they get to the playoffs, just getting to the playoffs, you think they fire them? Yes, they both get fired regardless. Oh, oh, That's what I've oh said. Oh my god, there's talk right now about them like being safe. I I, I don't get it, man. Like, I, come on, man, come on. Listen, you guys are doing all this talking about the, the, this, you know, talking about the Bears beating the Lightning. Kings, Jaguars, Packers, like, there's a realistic situation where we're literally talking about how the season's over after next week, so, and I, I just don't trust this team, I don't trust this team, I don't even think they'll beat the Vikings, I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't think they beat the Vikings. I mean, it's the same conversation we were having a couple weeks ago after the Packers game, like, the record is the record, this has happened, but also, it, it's fine, It, it it's, you want to root, I mean, it's easier and it's more fun, obviously, to root for a playoff team. Uh, so both things can be true. I don't think either of you are wrong. It's just such a weird spot to be in because you have that extra playoff spot and you're still in this hunt and you just inched closer to that today. Uh, I believe the Bears' playoff chances went up from like 8% to like 15, um, nearly doubled, and, and that can probably happen again. Uh, if you take care of business against the Vikings, um, it's just it's just a weird thing because I, I, Chris is right in that 
I don't, I agree with him. I don't think that <laughs> these guys are fired regardless. I think that, I think that Nagy is probably more likely to go no matter what, but pace, if you make the playoffs, they're going to give him the opportunity to do another QB search. And they're going to say, okay, you know, in, in a year where things were weird and you had a lot of roster turnover and you had guys in and out all the time, um, and they still made the playoffs. They can if just a couple things go right and they can be back there next year. Um, and that's just a weird spot to be in because while you do want your team to do well, it's also you have to think about the future of the franchise. And if we want to be having these conversations at the same ones in three years or do you want to get better? Do you want to actually believe in what's happening? And there are a lot of people. And as of last week, this was myself included. Don't think that Ryan Pace should have say in the future of the franchise of the team. But the thing is from a business standpoint for the McCaskies, all right, these guys still have years on their contract. We're paying them anyway. They just got to the playoffs. We like them. Let's run it back. And that's how this team has operated in the past. So I I think Chris is just being trying to protect himself emotionally. And I don't blame him one bit from a disappointing finish that you do lose to the Packers in the last week and you fall out of the playoffs. And then those guys keep their jobs anyway. Cause Hey, it's eight and eight or whatever. And that's still, you know, you can build off that. So that I, and I think it's fair to want to protect yourself from that. I think that's a completely fair thing to do because yeah, you can be a fan and you can look at this emotionally, but also you have to look at it rationally. You can't, I, I'm not completely blindly throwing in either. I'm going to watch this team from an arm's length distance because I've been hurt by them before and they've hurt us multiple times this year and they hurt us last year. And I would rather, I would rather go and get a new coach and new GM who know what direction they want this. And I'd rather have Ted Phillips out of the building than losing the first round to the saints or the Packers or the Seahawks or anybody. I think, I think it's all everything. All those things can be true. It doesn't have to be one thing or yeah, the other. That's fair. Well, uh, I just want to ask a question. Uh, what do you guys think uh, gets into the playoffs? Like, do you think the Bears have to finish nine and seven? Yes, only nine Probably. and seven. I was going yeah. through the playoff machine, and they do hold the tiebreaker over the Cardinals. Uh, so only nine, unless the Cardinals win, unless the Cardinals lose two more, uh, and the Bears would have to lose one more, and then the Vikings would lose two more. That they could get in at eight and eight, uh, but nine and seven is is the most likely path there to the playoffs, and it's not a crazy path at all. Yeah. That's fair enough. I mean, here's the thing, like that that week seventeen game against the Packers, man. I mean scary. Th- there's a, a but there's also a chance they rest people though. Exactly. Exactly. I, That's the whole I, I was thinking that as well, but then I thought that that number one seed is so important this year. And if they're in a deadlock, if they're in a battle with the Saints for that, depends. I don't see them resting anybody. It depends where they're at with it. There, there are, um, yeah, I can't, I don't, I think they're tied with that right they're now. Tied, they're tied right yeah. now, yeah. So we'll have to see how that awesome. plays out. Um, if you guys remember in 2010 what happened in week 17 when the Bears rested their starters against the Packers, and it was a situation where the Packers needed to win to get in. Packers yeah. won, got in the playoffs, and then the Bears lost to that Packers team that they let get into the playoffs in the NFC Championship. So I wonder if Green Bay will look back at 2010 and think, well, we're not going to make the mistake that the Bears did. Um, and we'll have to see uh, later down the road. Uh, that game is at home, which is a little bit you know, more encouraging that you have that Week 17 game at home. I know it's still not as big of a difference, but, I mean, it's it's a very possible path. And, and that's why I'm saying, like, as hopeful as I am right now, it is a very possible path. Like, this isn't a situation 
situation here where they need a million factors to go right. I mean, they need one or two things to happen. Control what you control. One or two things happen and you're in. Um, and, and, you know, with the way this defense is playing, this way this defense played last week, and then, you know, if they get their confidence back and they get their swagger back, I mean, anything goes in the playoffs. So, so I mean, as a fan, like, okay, so here's the thing, too, and this is what I want to say and why I started the podcast with this is the better Mitch Trubisky plays, the more that hurts Matt Nagy. And I truly believe that because for every game that he starts to play well, people can pinpoint back to week three and say, you are the reason that this season was derailed in the first place. That stupid ass decision. And then the stupid ass decision week after week not to take Foles out is the reason that you're even scratching for the playoffs and the reason that you're even in the position you're in right now. So it's better. So week after week, if Mitch continues to play well, which he has the past three weeks and he starts to get better and all of a sudden he's looking real good, it only hurts Matt Nagy. There is no way. I, I truly don't believe there is any way. I think there is a way Pace could stay somehow, but I don't think there is any possible way that Nagy could stay. There, there, to me, there's zero scenario. They have reached the point of no return. He made the biggest decision, that the most dumb decision that you can make that has put them into the position they are now. Uh, and it's just, it, there's there's nothing, unless they win the Super Bowl, there's nothing they can do that can save their jobs, in my complete honest opinion. And And... I also don't know if that should – I mean, I, I understand the argument, but still, like, you have the opportunity to play in the playoffs. I mean, guys, we have been starved from the playoffs with this organization for decades. I mean, we've only made it – we've only won a playoff game, like, what, three times the past 20 years? Something crazy like that? I mean, wouldn't you still want to see your team in the playoffs? Like, screw the future, guys. Screw the future. Screw your draft pick. Know, Six man. and ten. I don't that, give a that crap. Argue, I that argument doesn't really work, though. I'd Why? rather see – I'd rather see my team make the playoffs and get into the playoffs three out of four times or four out of five times uh, for the next five years rather than make one exactly. playoff appearance okay, for the next 10 years. It's, yeah, but it's, because that's because you're acting like this is going to be a complete rebuild. Like, th- this is – they no, still I'm can't not, make that, the, no, no, I'm not. That's not what I'm saying at so all. So then why does making the playoffs this year hurt their chances to make the playoffs in the coming years? That's essentially what you're I don't, because I don't Because I don't trust Ryan Pace. I don't trust Ted Phillips. I don't trust those guys to lead the franchise in the correct uh, direction because they've messed it up already once. So – uh, that that's why I, and I don't think it'll be a full rebuild because as we've discussed on this show before, there's talent on that team that with the right coach and GM guiding things, you could probably make the playoffs and be returned to that 2018 form. I'm just not confident uh, that, uh, that Ryan Pace is the guy. Uh, I, dude, Kevin, I, I just don't believe you, you like you're making it seem like the bears making the playoffs uh, be, being the reason that, and pace come back like is a crazy scenario and i and like i feel like it's more it's more i've seen it more in the nfl where when when a team makes the playoffs they retire coach rather than fire their coach so i don't know man like it's just it's it's one of those things where i mean i i could see him still getting fired but i mean i would put my money on him coming back if the bears made the playoffs same with pace because it's like i mean it's about expectations, though. Like, it's still about expectations. When you don't reach and you don't meet expectations, you get fired. 
And, you know, the playoffs, you know, I don't I would say their expectations for this team with the talent that they have was, you know, more than just a playoff berth and more than just nine and seven. I mean, this was their expectations were 12 and four, uh, 11 and five, like that range. And, and, you know, regardless of whether they make the playoffs or not, you were far below expectations, not just from a record standpoint, but still from an offensive standpoint. I mean, you can't just ignore the statistics, uh, their offensive statistics, regardless, and then decisions that he's made. And then you look at the talent evaluation as well. Why was Cole Komet not getting the ball all? Along. Why was Sam Mustafer not playing? Why? I mean, you could go down the list. I mean, those things still stand, regardless of the record, regardless of what happens these next three games. You See, can those still are coaching back decisions, to those decisions. Though. Well, that's the, what I'm The coach I'm decides to play the players, and that's why. And part of my issue, though, is with Ryan Pace and his talent evaluation, how he's assembled the team, and how See, he I don't think his coach. value innovation has been that bad. Other than the uh, co- picking the coach, his talent evaluation hasn't been that bad. That that remains to be seen because to this point. Uh, all we've seen is he bungled the biggest pick of his career. So yeah, but that, like if if that narrative then, changes, fine, great, awesome. But there are real concerns here, and also to your point about oh, expectations were eleven and five, twelve and four. The end goal is always playoffs, Super Bowl, obviously. Ooh, yeah. So does it really matter how you got there? Especially because you have to look at. The, the McCaskies, the owners, they don't look at this from a fan standpoint. They look at this from a business standpoint for more than anything. Yeah, they're obviously they want the team to do well and win. But the team making the playoffs and improving upon last year is an improvement. And that's something that they would like. That's yeah. the end goal, make the playoffs and then possibly make a Super Bowl run. So if the end product is you got there, then it, does it really matter if you walked there or drove there or flew there? However you got there, you got there. And you got to the yeah. finish line, and you just didn't go as far as you wanted. Okay, well, these guys got us to the playoffs. Let's see if they can build upon that and do better next year because they improved over the last two years. Yeah, uh, I was I was just gonna bring up the, the point about last year. Like, you know, I mean, even if it is, you know, let's say the Bears do win out nine and seven. You know, last year they finished eight and eight, and it's like, look, I mean, we made the playoffs. We finished one game better, and exactly, you know, let's see if they can add to that but Mm -hmm. I don't know it's like I said like I'll just keep referring back to this like this is exactly the situation I wanted to avoid like and you know whether I agree or disagree with either like I mean Bears fans are are split in the middle I would say I would say you have like half the fan base saying you know they should lose out or and that's so dumb in my opinion that's so dumb but but it's not though like we just explained to you how how and why it's not like I, I just, I don't know. Listen, I guess it's just too. Yeah, I yeah, get it. Yeah, as a fan, as a but fan. But still, yeah, like, when, still. When, when you, when you, when, when you take a step back, Kevin, and think about this logically, the Bears are not a good team. They're six and seven. They beat a Texans team that's absolute garbage. They don't even have a coach. Like, let's be a little realistic here. I mean. I think they're a good team with Mitch Trubisky and a bad team with Nick Foles. I mean that that's that's the difference in my opinion. I mean that that's the difference. So right. So then, what if then you know the team looks at that and goes to Nagy and their evaluation, their end of year exit interview, whatever you want to call it. What if then they go and Nagy and they say, "You see the mistake you made," and or he doesn't even let them ask the question. He just says, "I should have went with Mitch the whole time. I should and blah blah blah. It won't happen again. Mitch is our guy. So on and so forth." And they say, "Okay, as long as you know." And then he goes on his merry way, and we're still stuck with him next year. I don't know. I, I mean, I Again, don't, this team I don't... looks at this as a business, too. This isn't all of them. They say, all right, you got to the playoffs. You know, because you were saying, oh, 11, 11, 12, 13, 14 wins is the expectation. 
Nagy goes in there and says, if I had played Mitch, we would have had more wins. We still would have, we would have been a better respected team in the playoffs, blah, 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 blah. And the owners and Pace and Phillips are all say, okay, cool. All right, great. All right, we'll let you see out your contract and, you know, we'll let it run its course. And now we don't have to pay a new guy while also yeah. paying you. I don't I see, but I, I don't think he can just say, oh, I fucked up. Like, no, you know, you, why, you can't why not? Just, you can't just apologize because sure. you, like he's that that decision is the sole reason that they are at the point that they're at. You can't just apologize. Right. So and, and so you know, be sure sorry, you can because you say, all right, I learned no, from my can't. mistake. It won't. It absolutely could. They love him. They but love you made him the there. mistake. They're, yeah, they're going to be looking like, for ways to keep him. They're going to be looking for more reasons to keep him than not. I don't I don't know. I Both don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, if you think so, let's say they do make the playoffs this year. And, you know, if you look at Matt Nagy's career in Chicago at that point, he'd have made the playoffs two out of the three years. Um, and he's won a coach of the year award. So, I mean, he has like he 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 does have some ammo. Like, I truly I mean, if they make the playoffs, I truly believe he would have some ammo. So. I, I don't know. That's just how I see it. I, I guess I kind of agree with Jake as well that there's just two perspectives and I guess Look, there's just two ways of viewing it. Yeah, there's there's 100% two ways of viewing it. And that's the reason we're having this whole conversation. But all I'm going to say, I'll cap it off and just saying, as a fan of the team, as someone who watches the team, I'm going to watch for them to be in the playoffs regardless of the situation. Throw away what else is going on. I want to see my team have a chance to play in the playoffs and have a chance to contend for the thing that you desire at the beginning of the year and the thing that you desire you know, every single day that you put on a Bears uniform and you put on a, a Bears jersey or a Bears shirt as a fan. You know, What do you want your team to see accomplished? And you know, I'd rather have my see a team give a chance – Get a chance to accomplish that than be sitting on the couch watching the Packers have a chance to accomplish that. So well, that's again, where I'm both- coming from. And that's not going to change for me ever, regardless of any situation down the road. That's all how I will always evaluate and how I always watch the team. I'm sorry. That's just the way it's going to be for me. Well, and, if other people can think differently, that's okay. You know, there's no wrong way to think about it. But that's Well, the and way again, it- both things can be true. You can – I mean, me and Chris are going to be there just the same as you, rooting for this team and being happy when they win. No, but, but Chris just said he's rooting for them to lose. I, I, I don't remember him saying he was doing it. But oh, there he are did. He said I want him to lose. He and, said he was angry. And I was, well, I was in the same boat. And, I, and yes, I, like I said, I would rather have four playoff appearances in the next five years than one out of five. So uh, it, it, both things can be true. You can feel conflicted. That's part of being a fan because you want the best for the team, and especially in a position where you are now where you, you're not really sure what that is. So it, it's hard. This team has been put – has put itself in a weird position where it puts the fans in a difficult place. And I don't blame anyone who's on the fence or going one way or the other, because it's a weird thing to be stuck in the middle of. So, I mean, there are problems with this team and there are problems with possibly the future. And it's okay to want both things. It's okay to feel conflicted like that. It's okay to go back and forth every day, every hour, however much like, Oh, the playoffs are good. This is better for the, Oh, maybe not. And that's how it is. That's just how the human brain works. That's with everything, not even just sports. So, I mean, every this can this can be a gray area. Fair, fandom is a gray area. You don't you don't have to blindly go support the team, uh, but you can make these criticisms. But you can still be cheering on Sunday. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I guess I, I don't know, man. I I know I'm probably I, I'm cool with with you know 
um, being viewed as the villain, I, I'm cool with it, man. Like, I, <laughs> it, it, this just, it, it's, it's just all, always how it's going to be. I'll be the villain. That's, that's <laughs> really it's, it's weird. It's just, it's weird, uh, weird place that this team is in. But, I mean, that's a problem for later, I guess, at this point. Uh, now you just look at the Vikings and say, all right, let's go beat them. Um, sure. Couple things. I mean, I can't believe David Montgomery only got 11 carries. Um, you know, he had that big run for 80 yards, obviously. Um, and then he had 10 carries for 33 yards after that. Uh, that's fine. That's not, I mean, 3.3 yards per carry fine. So clearly he had room to run and how is he only getting 11 carries? I mean, how, why, I mean, I get it. Mitch was hot and your receivers were clicking and everything was going great, but I mean, give the kid more carries, you know, especially, you know, let's get this game over quick. Let's not get any guys injured. Let's go beat this team, and then go back to the locker room, go home, start prepping for the Vikings. I just would have thought the game plan was run the ball, and it never turned into that, which is wild to me. It's hilarious. He scores an 80-yard touchdown, and the first player to come out on their next series is Cordell Patterson. Like, I mean, what, you know? It, it's, it's freaking it's, ridiculous at this it's point. It's freaking ridiculous. Like, and, and yeah, no, it is. And, you know, I mean, quite frankly, this should have been a 40-bomb. I mean, they, they, you know, they could have stretched this into a 50-bomb. Uh, but, you know, they just didn't feed their guy, Dave Montgomery. I mean, all you got to do is feed the damn man. He's going to get you the yards the way he was running today. Uh, and you probably could have put up 45, 50 points. Uh, and for some reason, you know, they, they shied away from that and they decided to throw a little bit more. And then, you know, again, like Jake said, Mr. Bisky, great day today, 24 for 33. You know, he had the hot hand. Um, but you still got to find that balance. I mean, regardless of, I mean, and, and I think this is kind of the thing that happens when the Bears go up. You know, they don't step on, you know, they don't put the pedal to the metal in the second half, right? I mean, you go up big and you got to you gotta put these guys away. You know, the real good teams in the league put teams away. You're not going to let them crawl back. You're not going to, you know, okay, you score 30 in the first half. All right, you know, we're only going to score six the rest game. No, man, the better teams, you know, the best of the best in the NFL, they'll, they'll tack on 14-21 after that. Uh, you know, they're really going to make it hurt in a game like this. So, you know, you'd still like to see a little bit more of that, a little bit more of that aggression, a little bit more of, you know, let's give the ball to our guy and let, let's really, you know, let's make this 45 to 7. Let's really make it hurt after everything they said about, you know, the draft class. You know, th- these guys have something to play for this week. And after everything, everything everyone was saying, I mean, you had even more of a reason to go up big. Um, but yeah, I mean, but see, Jake, you're doing it again. Like you're talking about, you know, more more coaching errors that persist even when the Bears are winning. Um, but yeah, 11 carries is is yeah, got to be more than that in the second half, 100%. Yeah, um, I just wanted to talk about Cole Kmet a little bit. I, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I just man, he looked he looked good. He looked very damn good today. Um, I you know I I. I think we you know i i think we may have found our our tight end i i think we have found our future tight end our well our tight end of of now yeah he, he's mm-hmm. you know he's here now what um, adam shaheen was supposed to be basically yeah pretty much <laughs> like pretty he much, just looks yeah. like the complete package to me i i think he's a he's a pretty good blocker um you know as a receiver he catches everything like he he comes out with everything everything like i i I don't think has he dropped anything. Like, well, he had, he been, he, I, I don't know if he if he's had dropped. Oh yeah, that was it. What, I think that was wait, which, which touchdown one? against the Packers. Packers early on in the oh, game. Oh yeah, or the yeah, lack of touchdown, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Okay, um, fair enough. 
But no, he he looks like everything that you were told you were getting, like that guy who could have been a first rounder, but he slid to the second round more than likely. Blah 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 blah. Uh, and you know, it's nice to see him. It's nice to get him involved. It's nice to see him on the field. Uh, and especially Jimmy Graham continues to be effective, especially in the end zone in the red zone. So. Uh, you know, you have a little nice little duo here. I think Jimmy Graham's for sure earned his way to another contract. I think you'll probably see him next year, uh, given his production this year. And yeah, I mean, it's good to see. It's good to see your highest draft pick succeed all the time. A hundred percent. I mean, the, and then you go back to, you know, why has this guy not been getting the ball? I mean, he clearly has got the talent and no one was targeting him. And now Mitch comes in and boom, let's just give the ball to Cole Komet, let him work a little bit. And I think that's what, you know, you, you see those flashes of Travis Kelsey when you see him on those rub routes, on those little bit of screen routes where he can really show off his speed that not a lot of tight ends, you know, have. That's an asset that not a lot of tight ends have. But Travis Kelsey, one of those George Kittle, one of those who have that real good speed. And, and then that allows him to be very versatile on the offensive side of the ball and versatile and what they can do, what plays the coach can run with him. And I think that what's really exciting is like, you know, a lot of the plays that we're seeing from him right now are not, you know, 20 yard downfield shots where he's just going up and getting it and bullying a little receiver. I mean, they are plays where, okay, we're going to give you the ball in space and we're going to let you work. We're going to let you run. Not a lot of tight ends and not a lot of coaches in the league can say that they can do that with their tight end. And I think that's what's so encouraging is because now you've got, you know, two guys uh, who are completely opposite ends of the spectrum when you talk about their tight end play. You've got Jimmy Graham, who's, okay, one-on-one in the end zone. We know it's a touchdown every time, and he's going to go up and get it, but he can't run as well. And then you got Cole Komet, who's like, okay, you know, maybe he's not like Jimmy Graham where he can go up and get it like that. You know, he's still good at that, but not as good as Jimmy Graham. But we can get him the ball in space, and he's going to make a move. He's going to make a play. So, that, I mean, that to me is the most encouraging thing when you look at Cole Komet is those assets and the versatility he brings to this offense. And and that's and that's one of the, you know, in this age of the NFL, when you look at a Darren Waller, right, when you look at a Travis Cousy, like I mentioned, a George Kittle, a lot of these guys who are the premier tight ends in the league, I mean, they, they, those are the guys that can do those kind of things. And they kind of turn into that receiver more than a tight end. Uh, and I think that's what's really encouraging about Cole Komet. So you, you got to be happy. You got to be very, very happy with that. And the thing people have to understand too is, you know, Titans typically don't get a ton of production their first year for some reason that's the way it is in the nfl so you know you look at four receptions for 41 yards and yeah those stats don't pop out on the screen but it's like man you know you're getting you, that, that's kind of the production you maybe would expect from a second round tight end in his rookie year yeah yeah um and and he he honestly i don't i don't know if you guys remember but um his his uh pro player comparison coming out um was kyle rudolph um, I, I heard him, oh, I heard good. that thrown around a lot and I actually, I actually do see it now. Like I didn't see it at first, like, and, and while I was watching him, you know, up until week 14, I, you know, I didn't really see like, and it was just replaying in my head. I'm just like, man, Kyle Rudolph, uh, I don't know, not really, but you know, the, the last couple weeks, like I see the, uh, I see Kyle Rudolph and I, I mean that in a good way. I think Kyle Rudolph's a very productive tight end. Um, I think he's one of those tight ends that does all the little things that a lot of people don't care about. And he's not a Darren Waller where he's going to, you know, go up and get the ball and and make all those uh, flashy and splash plays. But uh, Kyle Rudolph gets the job done. Um, You know, he can do everything. He can catch. He can block. um, And, and, you know, he's just a a smart football player. So um, I I think if Colquette can be that, I think that pick, you know, that's a win. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's what you want. A guy who's going to be here, who's uh, going to be your Greg Olson again. So, yeah, you always take that, obviously. 
Um, speaking of the rookies, though, this year, Jalen Johnson exits with a shoulder injury. He was questionable return for the game. Uh, he ended up not. But uh, Matt Nagy didn't give us anything in the post game. He said he didn't know the severity. So I uh, probably we probably won't know anything about him until uh, tomorrow at the earliest. But um, the thing is, questionable to return to the game gives me a little bit of hope that it, it's not that bad, and we'll see him against the Vikings. Yeah. He'll probably be back. I mean, I think it was just on that hit against Watson. You know, you just lit him up a little bit, and then it was nearing the end of the game. They were up 29. There's no reason to throw him back in there. You know, you got Kendall Vildor some time in there. You got Duke Shelley, who was already getting time because Buster Screen was out. You know, that, this is the perfect moment to give those guys an opportunity, and why risk throwing Jalen Johnson back out there? Let him have a little bit more time to heal, evaluate him so he's good for next week. Um, you know, Duke Shelley looked okay, if you want to talk about that. I didn't think he wasn't exposed. You know, I'm, I'm sure there are people out there who are thinking, well, you know, is you know Buster Screen's been mediocre, but now that he's out, what will the Texans do in that slot position? Will they go after Duke Shelley? Will they target him and really expose, uh, you know, you know, and see what kind of player he is? And they and, and he did not get exposed. So credit to Duke Shelley there. Uh, we didn't see a ton from Kendall Vildor, so you can't really evaluate that. Uh, but yeah, Jalen Johnson should be okay. And then the defense in general, man. I mean, th- this is a defense that heard everything that people were talking about the past six weeks and finally came out to play. Yes, the Texans were depleted. Yes, that has a factor to it. But seven sacks. I mean, guys, the seven sacks are just an incredible number. Khalil Mack came to play. The takeaways finally came. And you see what happens when this team gets takeaways. 36 to 7 is what happens when this team gets takeaways. I I love to see that. The Mack fumble. uh, You know, Josh Woods, our guy who was on the pockets in the past, recovering a fumble uh, on the, I believe, the punt muff or something. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think Sherman Modest made the hit. Josh Woods recovered it. Credit to him. And, and that's what happens when the team gets takeaways. So huge, huge credit to the defense. They deserve this just as much as the offense because they played lights out today. Yeah, the, the defense was phenomenal. Um, and then as far as Jalen Johnson goes, I think um, I think we're going to hear about what happened um, either tomorrow or Tuesday. And I, I don't think it's anything too serious. And I hope it's nothing too serious. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think this was the closest thing to complete that the Bears have shown all year, to a complete game that the Bears have shown all year. So, yeah, I mean, it's good. It's good. It's cool. I mean, you like to see it. Well, you love to see it, but at the at the moment, I only like to see it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the defense was great. Roquan Smith continues to be a star, but Khalil Mack, signs of life. Uh, He had a good game. He was everywhere. Uh, he didn't really, you know, his tackle numbers aren't gaudy, but I mean, he only had two, but I mean, he had a sack, he had a tackle for loss. He was everywhere. He's completely impacting the game, even if he didn't really show up uh, in the box score as much. He was everywhere. So it's good to see him uh, making an impact again. The Bears yep. are now 16 and six in games when Khalil Mack has one plus sack since acquiring <laughs> him in 2018. Uh, they are also 20 and six in the Matt Nagy era when scoring one plus offensive touchdown in the first half. You know how <laughs> funny is that statistic, right? I mean, golly. So if you just have an offensive touchdown in the first half and Khalil Mack gets a sack, you're almost guaranteed to win. All right, that's the formula. Find a way to do it. But let's talk about Allen Robinson before we head out of here. 123 yep. yards, I believe, wasn't it? Eight nine receptions, yeah. 123. Um, yep. I mean, like touchdown. 
yeah, touchdown. Uh, and then there, we got guys. We got a gif on the sideline of him smiling and talking and, and laughing it up with Mitch Trubisky. Yep. And that is just it was very heartwarming to see because again, you know, the, you know, the narrative around Allen Robinson and the way he's thinking is, oh, he doesn't want to be here and he he's in a really tough spot and all that. And I think just seeing him smile a little bit, seeing him with positive energy with Mitch Trubisky on the sideline was really really encouraging. Especially when you talk, we won't talk about it now, but when you think about the future of him as a Chicago Bear, at least seeing that was very encouraging and and the guy just played lights out and it's not it's no hard concept we've been saying in the past you throw the ball to your best receiver especially in the end zone when they were lined up I believe it was four wide at like the three yard line with eight seconds left in the half I pointed right to Allen Robinson one-on-one with that slot receiver and I said touchdown I mean it's a touchdown every time he's so good on those in-breaking slant routes at the goal line he did it twice against Dallas at the time you'll remember when both last year on Thursday night does it again I believe he did it on the Saints uh, against the Saints last year too I mean that is a route that he is very very Post and very good at as long as the quarterback makes the throw quarterback that's that's going to be a touchdown every time so huge credit to Allen Robinson uh, this was one of those days where he proves his value and proves that you know he deserves that extension yeah I mean he the guy's just phenomenal uh, I mean he's you know what what better way to to you know respond to everyone that's been saying you you know you you freaking through the game or whatever um, you know, against against the Lions, and and you know what better way to, to respond to everyone than put up nine nine receptions, 123 yards, and and you know first with a score. So um, you know he Allen Robinson, he, he's a top ten in my opinion. He's still a top ten receiver. Um, I mean the guy just does everything so well. Uh, I, yeah, there's just not much more to say about Allen Robinson. I mean he, like you said, Kevin, he proved his worth. It's it's good to see that. It's good to see, you know, you can approach him again. I mean, he's finally, I mean, I think we all knew that he was better with Mitch um, and that obviously yep. shows. So um, good for Allen Robinson. A thousand yard um, season. And I want to talk about one more player. Cairo Santos continues to be money. I mean, he was four for four on extra points. He had both of his field goals. I mean, the dude is crushing it. The dude is doing everything uh and he's finally 18 straight kicks made most since robbie gold i believe in 2011 so pretty good company pretty good company to be if you're a chicago bears kicker so good for him i that's one of the things i guess that we don't have to worry about hopefully for a long time oh but, you better knock on wood because you know thank you thank you <laughs> that was mean i should not have said that but um no it's good to see him doing well so love that love a good win i mean it was shocking um and like we said like i said you know you can be frustrated with this team and still celebrate the win both things can be true so go for this team they needed this game the defense needed this the offense needed this um and hopefully you know bill laser says hey maybe we should try more of what we did today so uh it's good to see it's good to see the bears do that and actually walk off the field happy i think they needed that a lot so possibly uh, probably more than we did so good for them bears win in a big fashion absolutely blow out the texans 36 to 7 we will be back later in the week to get ready for the vikings game so Thank you for listening. As always, we hope you we enlightened you a little bit or gave you something to chew on. So that being said, thank you. And as always, bear down. Bear down.